Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Are you ready to seek the Lord today? If you come here to this place, the beginning of Pride Month, ready to seek the Lord. Well, let's be there ready to seek the Lord as we ease on down that road to seek the Lord today. We're talking about starting journeys today, our journey of Pride Month. And through that journey, we're going to look at the book of Acts from chapter 1 to chapter 16. And we're also going to look at Wicked, the Wizard of Oz, and the Wiz. Think we can do all that? Hang on. We will. We will. Well, you saw that wonderful beginning from uh, the Wizard of Oz where she has found herself in a new land. This little Dorothy whose house has been picked up by a tornado and dropped down. You know, she's on the outs with her family because they're not paying attention to her. And she's trying to keep her little dog safe. And so she goes on this journey. And as she goes on this journey, uh, it's wonderful. In that day, they were so excited. They were just being able to use Technicolor. It starts off in that grayscale. You'll notice that grayscale. I don't know how many times in your life you feel like you've been living grayscale and then all of a sudden went Technicolor. You might have fell in love. You might have been in church. There's just that moment in time where you realize, man, I've been living in grayscale. God wants me to live in Technicolor. Kedrick up here in the choir met me between services and said, Troy, not just Technicolor, I want to be 3D and HD. <laughs> I'll let Kedrick handle that. <laughs> But sometimes in life, it's just like that. We've been going along in grayscale. I know on my way here today, I had to pass by the hotel that burned down on 59. Those ashes, that grayness was all about. They're still there cleaning things out. They've got some lanes blocked off. And I remember my sisters and I used to ride our bikes from our home over to that hotel, and we used to get ice out of the ice maker when it was a hot summer day. Um, they'd run us off every now and then. Get away, get away. And that, ho that uh, fire station, 51, happened to be right across the street from the church I grew up in. And so if you were junior high or high school, you knew you could skip across that street and get donuts <laughs> at station 51, where they lost two of the four firemen this day. And so with them, we remember. And life sometimes can get plunged into grayscale, even when we're not ready for it. But we trust God and we say, we are ready for the journey. And we're going to take some steps on that journey, and on that journey, we're going to find Technicolor again. We're going to seek the Lord, and we will be found. So as that began, I don't know if you have, are very familiar with The Wizard of Oz, but just before the clip you saw, all those munchkins are hiding in their closets. You know? And Glenda is there, and she sings this little song. She sings this little song, and I'm not going to sing. I'm just going to tell it to you. No, no, no. Walter, get to me later. Um, it's uh, come out, come out, wherever you are. Meet the girl who fell from a star. Come out. Happy Pride Month. Come out wherever you are. Meet that girl who fell from a star. So this wonderful way they get her set on her journey. You see the clip, and it's just technicolor, and they're going for it. She, they say, follow the yellow brick road, and it's right there, and she knows where to begin. You know, I love that part, though, where she says, boy, people do come and go. 
you know? People do come and go in these places. I wonder if the disciples felt that way too when they saw Jesus going up into the sky. People just coming and going. Jesus has been with them for 50 days after Easter. 50 days of meeting them different places, and this is the last one of those times. Jesus going up to the air. People come and go in these places. Well, there's another account of this American fable, and it's called The Wiz. And in The Wiz, when it starts, it's all gray and grayscale ashes, just like this one from Kansas is, but they start in New York. And Dorothy goes out chasing Toto again because Toto gets, Toto gets out of the door and runs into a blizzard. And so she's out there trying to protect Toto, and as she lifts Toto up, then she sees this white tornado of snowflakes coming at her. And as she looks at that tornado, eventually it grabs her inside, and as it grabs her inside and lifts her up in the air, I just love this gray scene, because in the middle of it, in the middle of it, you know, this diva that we know as Diana Ross gets help from another diva. This diva just breathes upon her and helps her get started along her way. And, and in the story, she falls into a new place, a new place after that breath is given to her. You know, live in grayscale. She'd been a social worker helping people so much that she was overwhelmed. And so she goes on a journey. There the diva blows her on her way, and she lands, and she lands. And then when she lands in the whiz, everything's still gray. Doesn't get Technicolor right away, or HD, or 3D. It just is gray still. And so as she starts on that journey uh, in the grayness, we'll see what that looks like for her. As these folks, the graffiti folks, become the munchkin, and then they send Dorothy on her way. But how, how do I get to the Emerald City? Oh, just count your blessings and cut your losses and follow the yellow brick road. The yellow brick road? Yeah! Have you ever been at one of those times in your life where the yellow brick road kept moving on you? They said start, but it moved. And you tried again, and it moved again. This is where this Dorothy starts. Technicolor doesn't show up fully in the movie till she meets her first ally, till she's not alone, till she's going on the journey together. Then you start to see more than grayscale when she's not by herself anymore. But have you ever had that yellow brick road move on you when you thought you were there? When you thought you were there. So this fable, this American fable, what the heck does it have to do with Acts, the book of Acts? Well, that's one of the, in our New Testament, the book of Acts and the Gospel of Luke are written by the same community, and it's the biggest portion of our text in the New Testament, written by one source. And they had this fascination with the prophet Elijah. Do y'all remember Elijah? Okay, if you were reading this in first century Christianity, you would remember Elijah. And when Elijah gets taken up into heaven, like Jesus does in this account, when Elijah gets taken up in heaven, his disciple has said, what am I going to do when you're taken up in heaven? What am I going to do? And Elijah says, if you see me, 
then you will get a double portion of my spirit. If you catch a glimpse of me going up in the whirlwind, you'll get a double portion. And so Elisha peels his eye, and he watches closely. And as Elijah goes up into the sky, he gets a glimpse. And sure enough, Elisha gets a double portion of the spirit. And don't you know, he needed it, because he was going to start on a new journey without the one that he knew as his mentor, Elisha needed it. So when we read this story, this account of Jesus' ascension in the first chapter of the book of Acts, we need to remember that if you see those feet going up in the sky, watch out. Something's about to happen. You're going to get a double portion of the Spirit. Watch out. If you saw it, it's going to happen. So in this first chapter, Jesus ascends. And then what happens? Pentecost double portion of the Spirit, and the church is born, is what happens. Double portion of the Spirit. Have you seen it? Have you seen Jesus? There's a church in Greece called Ascension Orthodox. You walk into it, it's one of those very, very formal places, and right up in the middle of the sanctuary where these speakers are up high are two footprints, bronzed over, up there in the ceiling. And I said, what is that? I hadn't connected to this story, and they said, that's Jesus going up into the sky. I said, footprints. They said they'd seen them. And they had a double portion of the Spirit, so something's expected to happen in this place. So they've seen Jesus go up into the sky. You should know to expect a double portion of the Spirit, but Jesus gives them some instructions. Instructions are go throughout all of Jerusalem, all of Judea, all of Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Can you imagine losing the person through whom you just knew most clearly God's love? Life might feel a little gray at that time. Losing the person through whom you knew God's love. And that person's telling you as they're leaving, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth, I don't know about you, but I might just say, Jesus, I'm going to sit right down here and cry a little bit. I might need to wallow some, you know, because you are who and how I know God. And now you're gone. Pentecost hadn't happened yet. But here they are. I don't know, after a while of wallowing, they might have thought about those words. What did he say? What did he say? Did he mean it? Really? Well, let me think about that. Jerusalem. Well, that's kind of like the neighborhood. I might be able to go knock on some doors, say hi to people, go out to the neighborhood. That's not too much. I'll, I'll take that step. I'll go through the neighborhood. That feels okay to me. It feels a little bit safe to me. But then it goes further. They finally think a little bit more, and they say, Judea. Do I need to go to Judea? Really? Well, you know, that's kind of the country folk. That's our kinfolk out there in Judea, some of those other tribes. You know, we might be able to go. It might be okay. We kind of talk the same language, some of the same family roots. We might look like each other. So let's go to, let's, we can try Judea for a little bit. You know, we might take that step. So they go on a journey, meeting these characters. Then they think Samaria. Jesus, I just don't know. 
I have been taught my whole life not to go near those people. I have been taught to walk miles around to avoid that neighborhood. Now I saw you, I saw you talking to that woman, that Samaritan woman. That's fine for you, Jesus, but I don't know if I can do that or not. Eventually they get themselves up out of the mud and they start walking. I don't think they could imagine how far they would go. But they would go ahead and walk through Samaria, see what that's like. And as we hear in the second reading today, they made it all the way to what the known world was at that time. They ended up going to the ends of the earth. But they had to start that journey. They had to get put on the road. And I tell you what, I bet that road moved on them a couple of times as they got started. So what does it mean to be ready to go on a journey like this? What does it mean to be with the Samaritans and those that aren't like us? What does it mean to go to the end of the world to people you don't even know yet? You may be thinking, okay, Troy, we can go to Montrose. You know, I spent some time down there already. <laughs> might knock on some doors. You know, we might be able to go all the way to the Heights, you know, because they're kind of fun place too. They used to have lots of antique stores. You know, the Heights, that feels familiar to me. How far can we go? Maybe we can you know, do the inner loop, 610. You know, that might be big enough, you know, for us to go. You know, but I don't know about Beltway 8. There's some people out there I'm just not sure about. <laughs> in that beltway. Just some people I'm not sure about. You know, wow. And then East Texas, Gulf Coast, me, the ends of the earth, Jesus said. <laughs> the ends of the earth. What does it mean to be a people of faith that takes that seriously? The ends of the earth. So here we are today, stock starting to take this journey. We're going to go back into Oz. We're going to go back into Wicked and to those stories where they meet all those strange people on the journey. Yeah, each Sunday we're going to meet a different group of people and they're going to get included as part of the family. And then we jump ahead to this place where we read where Lydia, chapter 16, Lydia is a woman of means because she's selling purple. And back in those days, if you're from Thyatira and you're selling purple, that means you've got some resources. So Lydia is a woman of means. She listens to the story. She listens to them tell about Jesus, and she converts. She says, I believe. I believe. She listens to Paul's word eagerly. And so Lydia says, hey, I've got resources. Why don't you come to my home? I'll open the doors wide. Come on in. And it says she prevailed upon them. And they found themselves home with Lydia. Now why is that important? Because Lydia represents a class of people. Lydia represents women. She also represents women who probably didn't have any men in their family because it's Lydia's household. It's not a man's household. She also represents businesswomen who know how to make ends meet and can survive in the world. And she has a name. I don't know if you know how important it is in the Bible when somebody has a name and when somebody's a woman and has a name, how important that is. 
So right here in the early church, you know, we're starting with this journey, and we end up finding ourselves home, right, with these people from other cultures, other places, other times, who have resources we don't even know about, who have gifts we don't even, can't even imagine, and they're saying, come into our home. And the Spirit sends the disciples there, and what they find is home. So we're going to hear that story throughout the book of Acts over and over and over again. And we're going to end up home each time. What do you need when you go on a journey? Y'all been on a trip recently? You know? Tried to fit your stuff in one of those carry-on bags? You know? I can do it. Walter can't. <laughs> I can do it. You know? I used to travel all the time, so I had the process down. I knew how to take exactly what I needed, get it all fit in there, so there's, and he's smiling still, so. Uh, <laughs> um, and it was amazing because I, would, I had this routine down where I got everything in the bag and I'd get in line at the airport and I'd make sure I'd take the business person's line and I was in that line, I even got mad if someone in front of me was doing something odd and slowed the line down and it was just, I just was ready to be where I thought I was supposed to be and I was missing the journey. I was missing the people around me. I was missing those on the journey with me because I knew I was supposed to be there and you were preventing me from getting there. Man, God's calling us to take this road and God's calling us to pick up all these people along the way and not just pick them up, let them pick you up as we go along the road to the ends of the earth. So how are you traveling these days? A little light or a little heavy? What do you need in your bag to keep going? Are you ready to look for the Lord out there in yourself and in others? God calls us to be those people, those people on the journey, and not just to stay within these walls. Remember? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the world. I don't know about you, but I feel like we have some kind of yellow brick wall out there. Have you seen it? Out in the back parking lot, that yellow brick wall, I've seen it the whole time I've been here. You know, I just look at that and I wonder, man, what would it be like if that was just gone? What if we could turn that yellow brick wall into a yellow brick road? What if we could just open it up a little? So that double portion of the spirit, which we have because God has given it to us already, can flow through, in and out, to the ends of the earth. What would it mean to have our own little journey of the Spirit together? You know, when Jesus is looking at those disciples and saying that, in Oz language, he's saying, somewhere over the rainbow is right now, and it is you. Somewhere over the rainbow is now double portion of the spirit it's you thanks be to god amen <laughs>